0: to the area. Yannick, stamp through. Chance! Shot! Goal! Full stop!
1: Unbelievable scenes in the end for our derby. goal. Oh! I made stuck! What a oh. goal!
2: Hello and welcome back to Scarves Around the Funnel, the podcast dedicated to Heart of Midlothian Football Club. I am Laurie Dunsire and this is part two of Scarves Around the Funnel's interview with former Hearts goalkeeper and Hearts legend Henry Smith. Now, if you haven't yet listened to part one then you should do so before starting this episode of the podcast. You can find that on all the usual podcast apps. If you have listened to part one, then please continue listening as we pick up with Henry, who is speaking to me and Mark Donaldson about his time at Hearts. And we pick up this week with Henry talking about his time with the Scottish national team. A lot of Hearts fans were tweeting us actually when they they found that you were going to be speaking to us. All uh, oh, right, mate. K- Kenny Kenny Black messaged us saying, "Did Henry ever wake up during a Scotland campaigns, during his career and wonder what the hell do I have to do to get a game?" But he does mention you were <laughs> up against you were up against Ruffy Gorum, Jim as well. but Obviously, a Jim Layton. Uh Was it just one of those periods where you know you earned three caps, which a lot of people don't. Get any caps for the country, but was it just a really tough position during that period to try and get into the team with?
3: Of, of course, because with Jim Jim Lane and Andy Gorham, both them being there when they played for Scotland, right? They'd never ever made a mistake, you know. And I was always there in the background, showing Roxborough and Craig Brown what I could do in the training wise, training with. Scotland's players, Scotland stars, the Kennard you know, people like this, Gary McAllister, they were all there, the Mo Johnstons, all these players. And I was like, put my wits, you know, my training in against these guys. And of course you had Andy Roxburgh and Craig Luke in, and that's the only way I could just tell them, right, I'm waiting. I want to make mistakes. I'm in. I'm ready. Um, I want to play for, for, for my country. I do want to play. And of course... Andy and, and Jen were two exceptional goalkeepers at that time, that era, and then myself right behind them. Of course, you had Brian Gunn as well. By the way, mm. you know who was who wasn't, he <laughs> was half decent as well. So it was a period, you know, in, in Scottish football where we just put the stamp on how good Scottish goalkeepers were because we were years before they we were going through a bad time with it. You know, when when he was playing and stuff like that. Should
0: you have saved the shot? From Kenny Gleesh in Scotland training.
3: <laughs> oh my god, who told you that one, mate? Ah, uh, little birdie. All right, this is my training session, right? We were just finished, and Kenny, Kenny, I was walking, I'm looking, and looking, and Kenny's got a bag of balls, and he says, Hey, Big Mark. I says, What's, what's wrong, Kenny? He says, fancy me a bit of sharing? I says, Ah, when you go, well, plenty of time, always ready for that. Let's so get past He puts the balls down. Right, this the the D. This scrambles them Like me and me, Robert used to do it ten tankers before again, game, and he just spread them in the D. Right, and he just goes outside the D, turns, and just comes and smacks the ball. So he did this, and then he ready. Big man says, "Aye, aye, fly away, Kenny." So away he goes, out the D, runs up, and he smashes it. And I'm flying through there, talking gesture, the stamp. and I'm talking the stamp between the post <laughs> and the bar, right in there. And then he just says, OK, big man, I'm ready. I'm away now. Away, <laughs> <We> walks away. <laughs> and leaves me sprawling like fresh air trying to get this shot. Magnificent, mate. Just a privilege mm. just to, you know, just to have a boy like that uh, shooting of, at me in them cities.
0: Speaking yeah. of privilege, Hearts had three players in the Euro 92 yep. Scotland squad. Um, yeah. Dave McPherson and Alan McLaren and Henry Smith. Although there's some talk that David's already signed for Rangers, but yeah. Regardless, how big a privilege was that for you at the age of thirty-six? Yeah. As a reward for everything in your career, to be part of that squad,
3: magnus absolutely. That's, that's what I played and trained for. It's about you. You played and trained um, for, for for the Hearts, you know, and then you perform for the Hearts at your highest level, and that gets you recognition and people watching you of the Scotland squad. That show was like Alan Hodgkinson. He was the, the, the goalie coach for the Scotland squad. And then I got a call up and absolutely, you know, overjoyed. I actually just been sat in a corner of my own and got my phone, phoned my dad, who, who was ill at the time, and uh, told him. And I says, look, I'm in the squad to go to Euro 92. He went, he kicked me. And I said, no, dad. so I'm going. Right? I'm going. I'm number two. He got him. And he just, I could hear him bubbling in the background, you know, because he was hell at the time. Sorry, buddy. Take you your know, time, and he Henry. Take your time. Me. I know. And he, he actually saw me play at Hamden against Northern Ireland, which was my third cap. Mm.
1: The
3: only time he saw him before he passed away. And that was chucked to bits, he was. Mm. Really was. Chucked to bits. And that makes me, makes me, um, I was absolutely over the moon that I did that for him because that's all he wanted. Well,
0: they say good things happen to, to good people, but from Thanks. everything that you, you put into your, um, your career, I think that was a, a fitting um, reward. I, yeah. I want you, Henry, if you, if you wouldn't mind, I want you to, to you probably, Football. I don't know if you remember this or not, but back at Talk 107, one of the Friday yeah. night footballs, that, the shows that we did, one of my colleagues there was a guy called Simon Pia. And one day, we got Simon to tell the story involving you about when Simon was the Hibernian program editor (laughs) and put a certain diagram in his program that you may or may not clearly were reading pre-game, and you saved a penalty, which I believe was game 14 in the unbeaten run of 22, and hearts got away with a draw that day. Yeah. What was, what, did you have any idea what, uh, I think it was, was it Brian Hamilton that, that took That's the penalty? It. Did you have any idea prior to reading that what no, Brian what, Hamilton what, did with penalties?
3: No. Well, what, what you actually do when you, when you go to games, you, you get a programme and you just run yourself through it. And I came across uh, when I was down at Easter Road, the programme from the previous game. And it showed you the three goals that they had scored. And one was an actual penalty that Brian had took. So I just like glanced and looked at it. I just thought, yeah, yeah, shoulder height, left-hand side. I'll just keep that in mind just in case. <laughs> so I looked at it, put it away, logged it. And then we got an absolute doing for the first 20, 25 minutes. Darren Jackson could have had a trick then. And then they got the penalty kick. And I'm giving it a program of a look. And when he did hit it, an actual fact, he tried to change his mind. I thought at the last minute and didn't, and cause I just about died past it because I did my head in top bit went past the ball and I stuck my hand up, and it just kind of off my hand and went over the bar. But it was like shoulder height that is it diagrammed in the program, and it went to my left hand side. So that thing came in very handy at the time. <laughs> So that's what I think I got sacked about a week later.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you made quite an astounding amount of appearances for Hearts. Um, yeah. Almost almost 600 competitive games and 195 consecutive league appearances at one point, yeah. which is a club record. Um, yeah. Scott Coburn tweeted us and said, uh, my all-time Hearts hero, Henry played, uh, played on well after Hearts. What was his motivation and what did he do to stay fit?
3: was natural. I was just a natural fit guy. Um, I didn't run long distances as people put it, but I did work in the gym uh, with a shoulder work, uh, with stomach muscles and my thighs, as we all would tell you, hamstrings they were a like elastic. so fitness was just, um, came natural to me. Um, the training was the, the, the part that kept me fit. I trained like a beast at times. Andy Gorham always said to me, like, I was on drugs the way I trained. Because when I trained with him at Scotland squad, he didn't want to train with me. He couldn't handle it, the the intensity that I was training at. Um, And I always said to him, you know, the way I train is the way I usually play. And that's how I always thought. And it was Alan Hodgkinson that said to me, he says, technical wise, mate, you're the best of the three of them we've got here, technical wise. And that included Andy and Jim Layton. He just said, but they really don't make mistakes. He called me flamboyant. He called me um too too happy with the fans. You get involved with the fans, sort of thing. I says, Well, that's me entertaining them, Alan. That's what I do. That's that's me. I enjoy doing that. It keeps me going. And the fitness wise, I trained. If you want me to train more? I love it. The more you give me, the more I want, and that's what kept me fit. I think, over them years.
0: More about hearts in a second, Henry. But yeah. I've got a quiz quiz question for you. Go on. You played twenty-something games for Clyde Bank in a couple of seasons there. Oh. In one of those games, you played against a goalkeeper for the other team who is still playing to this day. Do you know who that is? Um... No. Craig right. Gordon. You're kidding me? <laughs> Cl- Clyde Bank versus Cowden Beath. Craig oh was on God. loan at Cowden Beath. You yeah. were coming to the end of your career at Clyde Bank. Yeah. Craig remembers that very well.
3: Uh, I can't remember that at all, man. I forgot about that. I forgot about that. Wait how, about that, that for a-
0: how about that for a story?
3: Well, that's an excellent one. I can't remember that. Um, I wasn't sure if you knew. No, I didn't know it. Oh, I can't really remember that time because so I was just like rolling down the years sort of thing. And I, I never like to get any attention who I was playing against. I just went out and entertained the crowd and played. Um just you mentioned that now. It's, it's just a wee wee thing in the back of my head, thinking, that's right, he's right with that. I'm sure Craig played then. I played against Craig one day. But this mm. kind of put it, I kinda of place it. I can I didn't remember it, mate, sorry. No, but just Did we win? <laughs> <laughs>
0: come on. we've been cramming in prep for all the I'll find out if you won before the end of this but <laughs> Laurie's right. got Laurie's got something else for you for now
2: A few people asked about this just since yeah. since his name's come up I mean yeah. what do you think of what do you think of Craig Gordon because you know you can you could you could tell most players about uh, lasting longer. I think um, when you were right. at Whitehill Welfare and uh, Linlithgow Rose, I think you were pushing 50 and you were still yep. playing. Um, yes, but we spoke about this on the podcast last week. He yes. seems to be better than when he was younger, Craig Gordon. He right. seems to have actually developed. I don't know what you think of him as a goalkeeper.
3: Oh, Well, I think you magnificent. Seriously. What he's gone through, mate, what he's gone through when he left, uh, when he left Hats and then went down to Sunderland. Then that save he made in the Sunderland game, mm-hmm. astonishing. Then the injuries started coming, you know. But at the same time, the injuries, he'd never doubted his ability. That's what I absolutely admire about the guy. When he got his injuries sorted out, right, and he went to Rangers to do his bit of training rehabilitation sort of thing because Jim Stewart was there. Jim knew him big time by, by being at hearts with him. And he knew. Uh, about Craig, about you know his mentality, about the way you know he thinks, about how good he was. And um, even though you know it was just a training, it was just helping to get back into the groove, just letting him you know train with the guys, you know just training with the first team guys, training with Alan McGregor uh, if he was still if he, Alan was there, and then thinking, and I spoke to Jim Stewart about it. Saying this guy could still play. He could still play when he would come and training with us. And someday had to give him a chance to get back in, you know, the groove, back in playing, banking amongst all the players. And I think that the uh, chance came when Celtic took him. And as they said, you know, there is history the way he went about it. But do them injuries, you know, he went to America to get it sorted out and I think he paid for them operations himself to get him sorted out because he knew they could still play he had that mentality that he could be back at the top and then he had that motivation when he was released by Celtic and we picked him up that motivation is showing now that he's showing people how good he really really is mm. and does they care how age he is or how old he is Age is just a number. That's all that is. And the way he trains is now transferred into the way he plays. And the way he's playing just now, he's one of the top goalkeepers in the world, I think.
0: I love how you said we. You always, <laughs> you, you you that, always yeah. will. You always will with, with hearts. I, I love former players that yeah. either spend enough time at the football club or just feel part of the family to say yeah. we when regards to Hearts. Uh, I'm going to go back 11 or 12 years. um, Joe Jordan arrived at Hearts, 1990. What was your relationship like with him?
3: Not the best, mate. I think you've heard a few stories. Um,
0: I'd like you to tell us um, a uh, couple, if you wouldn't mind.
3: Yeah, so I'd like to keep them because it might get controversial, but when he first arrived, right, he he just pulled me into the office and we didn't go off the good steps when he says he's bringing in a goalkeeper, right, and a new the way things were talking that our goalkeeper was Nicky Walker and then I said he said to me I said what do you bring Nicky in for he says because Nicky can play 40 yards from his goal line and I just went straight away but you can't pick the ball up 40 yards out <laughs> sort of thing <laughs> <laughs> so that, that goes off in a, in a bad start anyway I said bring him in we'll see how it goes so he brought him in and I always knew that he'd be the number one Right in Joe's eyes. So, long story short, we played in the first pre season game, right up north. And it was one of them autumn days, the, the, the sun moved, but the rain was belting down. So it was skiddy. And of course, the ball came skidding through. Nicky played the first, uh, he was picked first. Bockham skidding through. Nicky's out, got the ball, but the guy came sliding in, smash. Foot straight into uh, Nicky's jaw, and he smashed his cheekbone. Goodbye. 18 months later, Nicky still sat on the bench getting splinters, and Joe didn't really like it. Basically, that I proved him wrong. He hated it. He thought his decisions were the right ones, and I've always said to him, he "says Sorry, mate, but that you were wrong in bringing him because he's not good enough to challenge me." And I've showed you that for the last 18 months. And he went, I will. I says, no, you won't. And I've showed you that. And he, the, the press pressman kept telling me, like, you know, where be your goalkeeper today? Oh, that's what he's paid for. Next question. These sort of things that used to do and all that. You know, coming in at, uh, after expecting a pitch at Easter Road and giving it, right, big man, I want a clean sheet of the day or your drop next week. Wee things like that, just to get me... Oh, sure, that's so-and-so, you know, <laughs> but the good I am sort of thing. Just keep that thing going. Telling the press just to shut him up and, and, and they are about me because he, he didn't really, I thought, rape me. So, but I didn't respect him because he didn't, because I was like 38, 39, didn't respect me, mate, and I just gave him it straight back and he didn't like it. And I think that's the kind of relationship we had. You know, I just went in the park on the three o'clock, on a Saturday, showed them who was the best, and just went home to the wife and the kids.
0: People talk about managers getting yep. the sack because of certain results or players perhaps getting the manager the sack. Joe Jordan was pretty much, time was nigh after a 6-0 defeat at Falkirk. Um, yeah. <laughs> without wanting to be overly controversial, were there some players that thought, you know what, if we don't perform as well as we can today, we could get rid of the manager?
3: You know yourself, Matt. players don't think like that. <laughs> we right, we were going through a bad time, and the manager's ideas probably weren't really working. And he, he wanted he's, he's gone, can he sort of players then because he had the nucleus of the team where they were coming to the end of their careers, you know. And we Leon knew that they were getting rid of sort of thing. And we went to Falkirk. We got off to a bad start, basically. And we were what three, four, five nil down, sort of thing. And I we'll always remember when I think it was big, um, big center half we had was on the bench, and five minutes to go, we're like five nil down. Big Hoggy, Graham Hoggy it was. Yep, yep. And he said to Hoggy, Come on, get on, get changed, you're going on. And Big Hoggy turned around and says, No, I'm effing not. And uh, he turned around, <laughs> Joe turned around to his co, Frank Connor, and says, Look, that's the sort of player I've got to put up with here, sort of thing. Of course, then I got back to the players, big hoggy, you know, just went straight back to the players with this thing. And we, we, we just thought, that's what he thinks. And on the Monday, he got his boots, sort of thing. So, no, we, we didn't think like that, mate. Players don't think like that. Just go out and try their best and get on with it. And of course, we we're weren't playing so well, we're running with confidence. And we got a doing that day from a team that we, in our day, when we're playing well, we'd, we'd overrun them, sort of thing. But it wasn't; it wasn't
2: to happen. The last nine years, we've only had yeah. Hearts in European football once, and they oh. only made it to the second qualifying round. But uh, different, different. Back in your day, I mean, y- actually, you and Stephen Presley hold the the record, the joint record for most European matches for Hearts. I, I want you to take us back to the the run, um, just at the end of the eighties, which left hearts just one leg away from potentially facing Diego Maradona and Napoli in the semi-final of the UEFA Cup. What, what was that experience like?
3: That magnificent experience. Laurie, well, we, we started off in Ireland against St. Patrick's, right? And, uh, <laughs> oh, you got hurt in that game, did you not? I got carried off, I think, 82 minutes. And then days, I never wore shim pads back. And I never did. There weren't any... Like rule wise, that to wear them. So I never wore them. I thought it was just a hindrance. And this one 82 minute ball comes through, I've slid out, the ball comes sliding in, and these studs caught me right on my shin. And as Alan Ray came on, right, he pulled my sword down, and a chunk of my flesh out of my uh, shin <laughs> just rolled onto the ground. And a big hole, big hole appeared in my Ooh. shin, and I went Lady now. So off I went, right, and I'm there on The bench and the doctors come in. The game was over, and what kid's looking over Christ almighty! And there's a big hole in here, I can see your bone. And then the doctors over the top of it with a needle and thread, and he's like shaking like a bloody leaf. And what a kid says, Have you been on the booze, doc? Because you're asking <laughs> like hell. And he's trying to put <laughs> this needle into my leg to stitch me up, sort of thing. But that was the first game, and because we got through there, then I think it was um, Bellas Mosta. Was it the player there next?
0: Yeah, you had Villers-Mostar.
3: Oh, then Dnieper and Russia was the next game, I think, something like that, 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 that another time. But we played Villers-Mostar, which was horrendous because we went across there, the old Yugoslavia, I think it was. Oh, oh,
0: Austria-Vienna was the, the one in between, Henry. Austria- when, uh, Mike,
3: Austria- Mike Galloway one. was probably the yes. most <laughs>
0: offside ever um, from Walter Kidd's cross. That was, in, they- uh, that was after St. Pat's.
3: That's right. There should be, there should be anyone in there. Right? Yes. Aye, yes. That's the one way where it was. Half a pitch was brick hard <laughs> and the other half was like excellent uh, conditions to play in. And God knows what happened, you know, with the arrangement, the But we're like, you looking at the TV, looking at it back, he seemed to be about 10 yards offside. <laughs> of course, what he just got gall- on, sent across her, and Mick Galloway did the rest. You know, it was. <laughs> <so, laughs> what a night that was. Because it was difficult conditions, Mac, of being hard and they were drilling shots in off the deck. They we were kicking them low and it was bumping, but my handling that night was back to its best, as we'd had said. And we, we eventually got through there and when, that's the night when we got back to the airport. we Wallace was there waiting for us, telling us we'd signed we Robo back to Newcastle. Mm. I think that's, that was that night. And then the next game in Bellash Mostar, what an experience! That's an experience in itself, because we're all sat there having this pre-match meal, and all we hear is this clattering and banging noises, and it's the village monsters, crew members, you know, the fans smash, <laughs> trying to smash in the windies and all that, trying to get us, trying to get at us, you know. And it was like absolute bedlam with the security guards trying to get these fans away at the way, so we could get on with us pre-match and get ready for the game. And then we get to the ground and all that. You're warming up, and we're getting bombarded with big bricks and stains and everything in the pitch. That's the experience it was. And then we get Bayern Munich.
1: <laughs> and we
3: went, wow! Right? What a night, Tank Castle jumping, absolutely jumping. You couldn't get an atmosphere like this. You it was know, incredible. It was magnificent, and of course the goal capped it off. Magnificent strike with Fergie. You know. And we, I actually didn't have a hard a of safety, just we, you know, half, half saves, you know, that you know, that I'm used to saving anyway. And we got a one nil. And then we went across there to Olympic Stadium. And we walked into the changing rooms and we're thinking, it's a swimming pool here. Like, That's the way dressing room. <laughs> there was a big <laughs> swimming pool in <laughs> the past. And at the floor of the past, it was like, this wavy curls that was built like that, the floor of the swimming pool was built like that, this is the path that you went into through the next door where you're like little cubicles where uh, number one, number two, number three, where you got changed and we're thinking, Jesus Christ, you know where the money is here because going through tank Castle like this, night and day again mate, night and day, it was magnificent just to play there. You've got to
0: think though, I mean, yeah. that, that was a howler of a mistake that you made because you really should have caught the Klaus Orgenthaler shot should, should
3: yeah. Orgenthaler <laughs> thanks Mark Jeez. It's, what it's, was it uh, Jeez. The, the boy says uh, I got interviewed before the game and the boy uh, the lady was interviewing me and says who are you expecting trouble from here <laughs> and I says well you've got to keep Orgenthaler stopping from coming forward you know because he's got a decent shot on him that's what I said you <laughs> You know when we got interviewed at Tencastle before we went across to Munich and of course, we go across there, and Archie McPherson's a commentator, you know. And he, and I'm I'm screaming at somebody because this organ teller's coming. and I said, "Close them down, close them down!" And then he lets fly, and I'm thinking, "I'm not getting this." But I took two steps. I thought it's a token gesture. I'm not getting this. <laughs> and then you listen to the commentator afterwards, and Alex McBig <laughs> Archie McPherson, the commentators, going, and no three keepers in the world can <laughs> go anywhere near that. No less the keeper <laughs> that has been in expanding form all season is not even six feet away from it. <laughs> I, never, I never even saw it, mate. Seriously, it was an absolute hoolitzer right at the oh, top bin. It,
0: it's frightening. I've watched it back this morning. Yeah. A couple of things yeah. to, to note. A, you didn't yeah. even have a chance of getting it on the way back out. No, I didn't, mate. Well, clearly, there's is. no... Of course it was a token gesture. However, Kenny Black slips. That gives Ogenthaler a yep. little bit of space. He's yep. 35 yards out. Dave McPherson uh, is uh, just disco dancing about correct. 5, 10 yards away. He's got to close him down. I'm not right. saying it would have made a difference, but yep. he, had,
3: he had the freedom in Munich
0: to shoot. Correct.
3: correct. And that's, that's what we say. We knew you know, his shooting pro was exceptional, you know, and um and, and I'm screaming, I'm screaming to somebody, close them down. Even if the center halves just go out, close them down, close them. And I and I'm they're just blanking me. And I just seen the ball uh, halfway towards me, and I knew then. I'm, I'm I'm not getting this, I'm not even getting this. And then saying that as a boy at the back of the net, I'm diving on the floor, and next thing I knew the balls in my hands. <laughs> so I'm trying to pick it up to throw it back to the center so I thought. Oh, I never said that, did I? No. This day i would mm. kick off again. It was frightening. <laughs> but speaking, speaking, I was going to say
0: speaking speaking of saves, yeah. uh, people talk about John Calhoun missing, but yes. Omen Almonds made a brilliant save to deny JC. Yeah.
3: Correct, and you know, the ref, you get a bad kick. Is that right?
0: Yeah. Yep. Yep.
3: Exactly. we man a free header. I think in the first half as well, and he was three one and one where he hit it did all everything right. He hit it across the goalie. And the keeper's been an nice absolute fingertips, say, uh, brilliant, low down. And the referee, we can believe the referees gave a bloody well goal kick because we can see that the, the deviation in the ball. Even I've seen it from my end. And, but like we said afterwards, with the chances. You don't take them against these sort of teams, then you get uh, punished. And we got punished where we were mix up between me and Big Craig, where I've shouted, he's half come, stopped. I've stopped and of course neither two is a go out and the boys just gotta oh, can he tap mm-hmm. in to put it in to make it two 0 But like I said, Matt, we had chances to win the game uh, mm-hmm. to yeah, yeah. to go through to the next round. And as you say, if we did, it would <laughs> be married <Maradona> at tiny. <laughs> but that's hindsight, mate, isn't it?
2: It's funny you mention you mentioned the goalkeeper making a save and not, not getting the... Hart's not getting the corner. It reminded me of Craig Gordon this season when he tipped Martin Boyle's shot around the post at Tynecastle. Oh, Castle. I man. almost thought Craig was going to point to the corner flag and tell the referee he got it wrong just so he could get the, <laughs> so get the credit that. for the save. I've done that a
3: few times. I'm going to say to the referee, I'm cold referee, I'm freezing here, get a corner kick, go on. I'm going to like you did a goal kick. I've said that um, a few times, mate. A
2: really. bit of a lighter question. Andy Groundwater uh, says, because you, you, you wore quite a few interesting keeper oh, jerseys, especially compared to the more um, the safer options these days. He, he says, yes. what, what was your favourite style of keeper oh. strip? The old school plain 80s jersey or the psychedelic mid-90s? The
3: psychedelic mid-90s, because it went with my personality. <laughs> Colourful. <laughs> <laughs> Colourful. Happy go lucky guy who just got on with a job. And them them shots, like you know, they were brought in before the season started with Les, Les Porches. And he just gave me two. He said, Which one do you choose? Which one do you want? And I just took the worst one of the lot all the time. <laughs> and he just looked at me and went, You're kidding me? I said, No, I want that one. That'll dim me, right? And I just get on with it. That can do for the reserve man, whatever it is, plain thing. <laughs> And, that, and that's how it worked. He just bought them in at the start of the season. I had to choose which one I liked.
0: The goalie, then, by the uh, way, is that the, Craig Gordon's now wanting Hearts to introduce one of those jerseys for the 150th anniversary um, in, uh, yeah, right. in 2024 uh, because okay. he, that, he was, he was grown up with them and, and he, he bought them like many young yep. kids had their parents do. And I mean, anything that's old is new again, is it not?
3: That's correct, mate. Yeah, and all, all, nice of them to do that. that that'd be good if you could uh, get them introduced and get them uh, get warm again. And because in them days, you know, it's it's just how I was, um, colorful, and 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 I like to have the, the fans is the same. The kids were walking about with them, and you know, it was just the way my personality came across. That the the fans loved it. I entertained them, and the shirts entertained them as well. So. I couldn't give my monkeys but anybody else. <laughs> so it's been,
0: it's, it's been over an hour and we've not mentioned the save from Tommy Coyne. Is oh, it your best yeah. ever?
3: Well, yeah, well, a lot of people say that. I thought the one at Tannadice was is, is, um, up there as well, mate. You know, the Eamon band. From
0: the Amin, yeah, in 86.
3: Yeah, where, he, where he's hit the free kick and it's came back to him. You know, and then there's bodies moving and he's hit it through the bodies right down to my right-hand side. And I have saw it very late, but as usual, my, my athleticism got me down. Very, very sharp, good, strong hand, and what made it good was I got the ball away out for a throw-in. But saying that, my see my saviour on about best game I ever had was a nil-nil draw against St Mirren at Tynecastle in a wet, gloomy night, where they actually hammered us, and it was was it a Norwegian. Uh, what's his name?
0: There wasn't Goodmunder Torfuson was it, the Icelandic guy?
3: He I, I played for St Mirna in them days. Yeah, he yeah. absolutely destroyed us that night. You know, when he kept shooting, he never passed, he just kept shooting. I kept holding the ball, I kept just digging it out, the ball bounced in front of me, it stuck to me. I came for crosses that he whipped in, I took them. That was uh, a game that nil-nil, that I've always cherished. I thought, that's my best game I've ever had. You know, and uh, and I thought, because of the conditions, because of the, sh- the shooting, the way the balls were coming at me, uh, this was on my, my metal all night long for that. Was well, gonna, it, it was, was a coin
0: save, though.
3: Uh, the coin save is what, what you're actually trained for. Going one way and transferring your body weight onto the other foot and make sure you got all the, your muscle on that left foot and mind, you know, where I could spring and just turn and just twist my hand all at all the same time, mate, and just get it out of the bar. That's all it needed. You know, uh but it was one of you know, when the cross came in for the next day, you know, and he picked up coin, the only one way it was gone was back across me because that's how he was taught up. Oh, he always he told me that. That's the way it always went across me. And I said, I can't believe it how you, you go to and, and transfer your body weight from your right to the left foot in an instant and got the spring and the, the distance to get your hand on it and get it out of the bar. And I just went says, Well, a trend, you know, strengthen both. One way and the other way, so you transfer that body weight, which is a hard thing to do, uh, but you, you can actually train for that with exercises at, uh, in the, in, the, in the training. Because
0: you were one 0 down at the time, that would have made that's it two probably game end. over, and you, and you you went on to win at three one.
3: So, uh, it I mean, that's just, it, it, shows now, it shows you that, that goal, how a goalkeeper can change uh, the way the team is playing because we are a goal nil down. That save can he lifted us. You know, it kind of lifted, kept us in the game. It lifted us. And again, you go in and win the game. Same at Tanner Dice. All over 1 0 up. They score then. It's 1 1. We're under pressure. The momentum's with them. But I make the save, lifts us up. And we go down and we we'll win the game 3 0. Easy in the end. That's the sort of things where a goalkeeper does. You know, does his job like that. And that's what Big, uh, big Craig Gordon's been doing all season, last season, this season as well. And that's what he trains for. That's what I train for. And when it comes off, mate, you feel absolutely brilliant. And the fans love it as well.
2: I've got a question here that might... It's a bit of a a musical theme, actually. Craig Morris says, what's it like when the whole world knows about Henry Smith? (laughs)
0: What, was
3: that like? what a question that is. Um,
0: and You tell me, tell me you've heard the song, Henry. You must yes, have
3: heard the song. I've heard the song, mate. I heard that. <laughs> it, was the first, it was the first time I heard that. I don't know. Somebody put it on. Somebody put it on. I was going through the cup final when we beat Rangers 2-1. Somebody put it on the bus because I got the bus for Broxburn, <laughs> me and my daughter. And I thought, chuff this. I'm not going through it myself. We'll get the bus, get the atmosphere, and we'll go. And I got a bus, a couple of seats for Broxburn. And then we're just walking through, we what just travelling through, and somebody puts this tape on, and here's Henry Smith song coming up, and I like, what? And that's the first time I've ever heard it, man. And it was, it was pretty special, mate, when you have a song written about you, it's, it's, it's magnificent, Feels, it makes you feel good, really does. It's a, lot
0: be- it's a lot better of a song than tracks 19 and 20 in that album, where it's some. <laughs> <laughs> young kid from pennycook whose balls hadn't dropped who was asked to to record the history of hearts and yeah. when i did and now i listen yeah. back to what i produced i'd rather have the henry smith song over that appalling history of hello in 1874 <laughs> jesus man so give me the henry smith song every day
3: ah uh, exactly mate brilliant absolutely brilliant mate uh, I,' aye, absolutely it's, it's it was overwhelming at times. You know, my daughter's this she was sat there and she's looking at me and I says, Yes, that's they're singing about me, darling. Yeah. And she went, yeah, I'm not kidding. She says that's, and she went, That's how big you are with the hat fans. And that's when it, I said, Well, I must be if they're making songs about me. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not the opposition. <laughs> Which was very it was, it was decent, it was a brilliant day. The
0: other goalie's been in touch. Is the it? one that, yeah. So I said, when, when, "When was the game?" So he said, "19th September 2001." Clydebank three, Cowdenbeath two. So Ooh. you did win when yeah. you played against them. He saved an Alex Burke penalty, who then I think scored with the rebound. Yeah. Your team, your team included Rob McKinnon, Derek right. Ferguson, and Barry yeah.
3: Lavetti. That's correct. Yeah, yeah. We that was a team where we had a team of, kind of the older generation where we're coming into our careers sort of thing and we were winning that league right to, after Christmas and New Year by about eight points and we never we won I think, four points afterwards and finished about sixth in the league you know that because we're running this team we didn't have no kids in the team that could dare running for us and that's, that's the sort of team we had I was Willie was Willie Jimison there, you of know. No. Um,
0: um, well, they they had they had uh, Hamish French um, playing for them, but he might have been there at, at, at the time. Eric Payton, Alec Burke, Brian Carrigan, Jim Dick, Mark McNally, Frenchman aye. called Fabian Bossy. Fabian um, Bossy. Oh. They're, and they, they,
3: they're, they're memories, Paul. They have big
0: memories. Them lot. Yeah, uh, so so Beath lost that. Clydebank won it. So so yeah, you. you big were like
3: You let three goals in. I just let two in. I'll tell them who the best is. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
3: let's um, let's,
0: let's well, kind of wrap things up without mentioning okay. your, your penalty shootout um, miss when well, Robbo put you forward. Does anybody else want to take it? Oh, Big Henry takes some in training, says Robbo. And then you... That ball hasn't come to earth yet, the one at Dennis that's, Park. That's...
3: Aye, that's up at Den's. We, it was the day, volunteered to take penalty kicks and Jim Jeffries was going to ruin everybody. Right? Asking you want to take one, you want to take one. No, I can't. My legs have gone. Blah blah blah. And then we, Robert, just went, hey, "Gaffer, the big man takes penalties. He's, he's absolutely brilliant in training. No problem at all." So I was down to pick one, right? So I saved one for Jim Duffy, right? To put us in it. Saved it. Grabbed the ball. Went to the the center circle, the uh, the, the penalty spot. Turned and smashed it ten feet in the air. It's still got moon dust on it. Right? <laughs> and then they went up and scored the winner. After the game, Craig Levine came to me and said, you shouldn't have taken that one. You were still on a high because you had saved the penalty for Jim Duffy. You should have let somebody else take the next one. You just calm down and take the last one. And this is what you should done. Because I was still on a high. The adrenaline just went through me. Because I set the goalkeeper the wrong way for a start. Jesus Christ. Because I left peg. But Mundo's, mate. Mundo's was still coming down.
0: <laughs> we, we, we were all behind the goal. We were. We didn't get there until late. I don't know why. I think uh-huh. There was loads of Hearts fans there, and we've still got sore necks because of that. Yeah. Um. I want. I want to end with some questions that we got from Twitter, and going okay. back to something I said right at the start about yeah. the cheeks. Simon yeah. Withers, why does Henry, or did Henry, imagine you do it now when, when you're delivering mail, why does he always blow out his cheeks before he kicked the ball? It's right up there with JC's half-tucked jersey, as early <laughs> memories of going to Tinkas. What was it? Was it like a pride after you'd booted it up? And if it was a good one, you'd puff the cheeks out? What was that all about?
3: Oh, the, the puff the cheeks out. It was when I was taking the ball, I took all my energy, right, into me to kick, because I couldn't kick the ball, you know, as far as I could throw it, me. I could throw the ball further and I could kick it. So all my energy just went in and all my air in my lungs as I kicked it. As soon as I kicked it, this air just came out and my cheeks just blew it. You know, just blew it. And this it just, uh, was a habit after that. And a lot of people <laughs> have asked me about it, even at work when I'm at the, the Royal Mail. They keep asking me, where I did that for and all that. Because I do it as well when I'm doing the mail.
0: I, I, can, I can just imagine. You hear a dog uh, on the other side of the door and you get the letter through and you're like,
3: I avoided oh, that one. Exactly. That was a stiff letterbox.
0: <laughs> Alfie K says, Henry yeah. was one of my first heroes. I asked my mum if I could get a perm like Henry when I was about eight. She wisely said, no, when you're older, okay. if you still want one. Don't know if Alfie ever got a perm, but <laughs> when, did you, when did you decide, I want a perm? And when did you decide, Jesus Christ, what was I thinking of? I need to get rid of the perm.
3: Right, it was, oh, I think it was like two or three years into my uh, heart career sort of thing. And that was all oh, the rage down in England, you know, the, uh, the 80s uh, perm style way, like, like Ruffey was in it and Shelton was in it. Then big Neil Berry got one and I thought, well, I've got one here. I'll have it. And so I went to hairdressers, told them what I wanted. Right? And then culture shock is an understatement, mate. And we went, no way. But it actually stuck. You know, as as my hair got longer, sort of thing, and I just went. It so the wife started doing my hair uh, once a month. Did the same, Got my curls. In. <laughs> you know, and it, it, just, it just stopped me. That was all. I've got no hair. I've got no now. Like it's all gone. Just about. <laughs> Billy says, "Where's my mail? He'll understand." Where's my mail? That one I don't, because um, <laughs> you answer that later. Uh, because I don't usually make mistakes with Royal Mail because I'm, I'm working for like other people sort of thing, so I'm just wondering where his mail went to. Or well, the dog <laughs> might eat it. That's the main thing. A lot of dogs eat the mail when they're on the other side of the bloody letterbox. That's one thing because that's where they put the bloody cages up behind it. Uh, I don't know where it went to, mate. Sorry, take over the uh, customer services at Royal Mail. <laughs> have
0: you have you ever bumped up into to, to Wayne Foster in the sorting office or or at all? No, Is no. he still?
3: No? no, no, no. I've never, I've never bumped into uh, the uh, sort of efforts because I'm out at Lynn Yep. And he's mm-hmm. in the town centre.
0: Yeah.
3: Um, I've never, never him at all. So, <laughs> but uh, it's uh, like to, I'm a late day. I still chat with him at uh, hearts events now and then, like when he, when he decides to turn up.
0: <laughs> who was who, who your preferred back four to play behind him? Why, Sydney oh. Devine?
3: Oh, nice one. Depends what system you wanted to play, because you know. No, he, Jimmy he, he
2: Sanderson, played. not Jimmy Sanderson, because he, <laughs> he he, Jimmy, he commentates with, with me. <laughs> hey,
3: Jimmy's big friend. <laughs> I would go. The sweepers say you It was a brilliant one where we had you know Levine with uh, sweep and a very big slim on the left side, and Alan McLaren on the right. That'd be like the wee triangle there, and the the two fullbacks. You know, the two left side of one with uh, Brian Whitaker and Tosh McKinley, they were, they were good as well. But the back four, I'd have Levine, McLaren, Tosh McKinley, and I'm trying to figure out a right back here. Walter? Correct. Walter, no, no issues with Walter. Took care of David Cooper every time. That'd be the back four, Paul.
0: Final question I want to mention from Flitch. Does Henry yes. think he was unlucky to be penalized so often for oh. taking more than four steps? Airdrie in the semi, Bologna oh. in the UEFA Cup. Hundreds you know,
3: of times, mate.
0: Seriously. You did it a lot, and you very rarely got punished. So why did they pick those two bloody games?
3: Uh frightening those the one the Bologna one, he says he a double hand balled it because it was like a throw in from Kenny and I've let it hit this my arm this hit my arm or hit my body and picked the ball up and he said a double hand ball that was that one you look at today and you see amount uh, of times the keeper is well out of his 18 yard box when he's kicking the ball and he's still got that ball in his single hand mm. it's countless I've lost many as a count I could have it done of course when I did it in the Airdrie game there's was only one place where Kenny was going to put the free kick which was in the top bin and that was another issue with, with big Joe Jordan in the dressing room as well <laughs> when he says I was unprofessional, was the word he used, mm. and I went, "Aye, okay, Joe, speak to them more, sort of thing." And told them what today, but we had so many chances in them games, we should have buried them as well. Mm. That's well, difficult. but it was one of them where I don't know what, why, you know, I got pulled up in them two games, mate. Maybe it was just they were looking at the game before it. watched Smith. You know, he might overstep. Blah blah blah. blah. And it's, it's tough gone. for the
0: Bologna game because as a referee, he's probably never even seen Hearts play before. But look, it, it is what it is. I don't want to end on on that. I want to end on a positive. So, you want, um, joke, is...
3: you want a joke? <laughs> true story. <laughs> joke. Well, no joke. A true story. I got. Okay. I, I end up in the police station. The Bologna game. Really? Really? See when they come over at Ten Castle, the Bologna. Put, mm-hmm. Right. The way fans. Right. Because they only had about thirty, the away fans were. If I'm looking down Time castle, right, the away fans are behind me, the right hand side, up in that top right hand corner of the stand. Mm-hmm. They put the Bologna, they put the, the Bologna fans up there, right. So we score, and as you usually do, I go across the 18 yard line, giving it big licks, up using all that sort of thing. But this they didn't <laughs> know, did not know that they had put the Italian fans up in that stand, and I'm facing them giving it the big get it up you sort of thing uh, to them. But I'm not, I'm celebrating. But the linesman or the fourth official says I was inciting the crowd in that top end and got the police involved and I had to go to the Haymarket police station on the Thursday morning with Palmer Smith to have a look at the video. (laughs) 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 And that happened to me twice, mate. (laughs) What What was the other time? St Mirren. I did. They said I did the same to them. The same had 24 fans behind the goal, and I turned around and, and gave it to them. But I didn't, didn't they? But the fans, the, the cops say they did because they, they were saying I'm that top right hand corner they watched me. <laughs> I says, all right, they wrap my hands. Let me go away here. Unbelievable, mate. 24 Let, of them.
0: Let's let's not end this with Henry Smith nearly in prison. Let's end this with hen- <laughs> Henry well, Smith for th- for. What the, what
3: by the way, Mark. By the way, Mark. We <laughs> thank. I was up at the uh, the listening pods, football pods, with my grandson today, and then doing his wee workout with Stevie Cowan. He was asking for you,
0: Cowan. Oh, cup tie! Cup my tie. goodness, Stevie
3: Cowan, yeah, Hibbe, the Aberdeen boy, centre forward. Because it
0: was it was fun on on a Friday night at Top One Hundred Seven because yeah. I, the, the 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 rivalry. I mean, it was it yes. was me, you, Gary, and then Tortolano, Mickey, Weir, and uh-huh. you guys, you guys got on so well. I don't know if it's like yeah. that now. I doubt it very much, but you. I'm sure you've still got good pals that you used to oh. go up against in Edinburgh derbies.
3: Oh brilliant. Great pals. You know, Stevie this Stevie stays twenty-five years up the road for me. Oh That's brilliant. Like, Mikey stays up opposite the leisure center at the top of the Michael end. Smith, yeah, who Michael plays for five, And Hanlon stays. I've seen Hanlon many times enough on the field. And about how you just you don't even give him his first name. Hanlon. He loves the nah, name Hanlon. Hanlon. He's up there. During the, the lockdown, when the could go in and train, he goes up in the, in the field and does his running up there as I'm up with the dog. And I'm trying to tell, like, is it the dog? Bite him, bite him. He's a heavy bite. <laughs> <laughs> it's his in the park. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're talking later. He's brilliant. They're absolutely superb asking how he's doing, how I'm doing. And he uh, says, what age are you new, know, Henry? I says, well, I'm 65. What? He will look 55. Never mind 65. But yes, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Great stuff. We get great on camaraderie and all that with them. It's, it's brilliant.
0: I want to end with you answering yeah. this question if you wouldn't mind. So on, we'll this Finish this sentence. Go on. Heart, Heart of Midlothian means what to Henry Smith?
3: Heart of Midlothian means a, a club that got me out of the shit, that got me out of the pits. Heart of Midlothian means uh, I've met so many brilliant people up in Edinburgh The fans have been magnificent. Uh, I'm so, you know, glad that I met uh, Mr. Mercer uh, and all of that. The camaraderie I've got, the fans are magnificent. They've always, always been in my heart from from now on. Now, when I first started, I didn't know who they are. I definitely, definitely know who they are now. And hopefully, you know, the, the fans... You know, I will always recognize what I gave to them because I know what they did to me uh was give me pleasure uh of entertaining them and doing well week in, week out, and I will always, always love them.
2: Well wow. and I think and I think from the responses we've had on social media that the yep. feeling is very much mutual and mm. um when you were inducted into the Heart and Lothian Hall of Fame. The yeah. the final sentence says uh, Henry was one of the finest goalkeepers ever to appear for Hearts and it would be impossible to calculate how many times he turned a game in our favour.
3: Thanks think... very much, Laurie. Thanks and... very much, Matt. Brilliant. Thanks very much indeed. Really Henry, appreciate it. stay time, safe, pal. Thank you so much for all your years, all, everything you've done. A pleasure. Pleasure, mate. Thanks very much for asking. Thanks, me. Henry. Bye bye. Bye. Bye guys. Bye guys.
2: So that was former Hearts goalkeeper and Hearts legend oh, Henry Smith talking to us. What, what a guy.
0: Isn't he? We could have done that for another hour and um, just, just so humble as well. Someone who's, what, 65 years old now and appreciates the fact that people are still interested in his tales. Look, a whole generation grew up with Henry Smith and I love that. I absolutely love that. And thank you so much to everyone that got in touch with all your memories of of Henry as well. There's a certain generation for whom, yeah, Robbo, as I said earlier, Robbo might have scored the goals, but Henry just had... I want to say a couple of things here. One, you and I go through um, WhatsApp messages back and forward when, when we're doing this. and One of them, that you said was 11 or 12 years with a question <laughs> and then a woman saying, it's been 84 years. I meant 11 years before Craig Gordon played against <laughs> Henry Smith in 2001. You cheeky bastard. So that, that's, that's one of the things. Uh, and there was another thing, which I can't remember um, right now. But but yeah, Henry, Henry was great. He, he really was. And um, it was a pleasure to have him on.
2: Yeah, big thanks to Henry for coming on the show. Thank you for tuning in to this week's uh, Scarves Around the Funnel. This has been part two of our chat with Henry Smith. And you might be listening to this just before Christmas, on Christmas, possibly before New Year. So I'd want to say a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year or just a happy new year if it's already past Christmas. Depends when you're listening, but you get the drift. And a huge thanks to everyone for tuning for in, for interacting, for sending us the messages, emails, sending us tweets or questions. Uh, and obviously, uh, it's it's going to be a very tough festive period in many ways. Hopefully, people mm. get a chance to catch up with friends and family as much as, you know, I, I know they can still do that. So hopefully, they can do that. And there's, you know, there's no isolation period stopping it if there is you know, get on zoom, get on Skype, stay in touch. So hopefully everyone can have as nice a Christmas and new year as they possibly can. Um, it's just, yeah, difficult, difficult period again.
0: Yeah. The other thing I would say, Laurie, and uh, I just want to kind of doff the cap and and say thank you to the, the other hearts podcasts out there for everything that they do for our community. Um, because, I think the more that, that, that we have, the more quality podcasts that we have that Hearts fans can listen to in, in tough times, the better. Um, and look, our messages, our direct messages, whether it's Scars Around the Funnel, whether it's Laurie, whether it's me, whether it's any of the other guys and girls that are involved in the podcasts, we're always there because we'll have tough times and I'm sure you guys will have maybe tough times as well. If you want to chat, or well, you just want to blether or to exchange messages with, with any of us in any of the podcasts, I'm sure I can speak on behalf of everyone else, feel free. I've already managed to speak to a, a, a couple of people um, just about hearts. I know you have as well, and, and a few of the other boys and girls have too. Just I tell you what, there's nothing better than talking hearts, whether we've just lost a shitty game and go, how the hell, and we talk about that, or whether we're waxing lyrical about a shitty 1-0 win at Dundee that means the world to us afterwards. We're always here. And we always will be. And, and you know what? We might need someone to kind of blether to, to direct mm-hmm. message or, or something as well. So it's going to be a tough time of the year for a lot of people, those that might be on their own, those experiencing Christmas um, for the first time without a, a loved one. Um, there are people out there that, that are happy to chat. And if, if you need someone, then you know where we all are. So happy holidays, everyone. And we'll do it all again next week. And I've uh, got some good guests lined up for you in the, in the, the new year. Um, not give too much away just now and of course just remember if you want hearts to sign a certain player just let us know and we will make it happen
2: <laughs> and maybe one day the whole world will know about them as well
0: very,
1: nice, very <laughs> nice
2: thanks for tuning in Merry Christmas, Happy New Year and best wishes to everyone
1: against the new Henry's the envy he shows him what to do don't matter what your team is, it puts the horse to right Henry's the keeper of a jambo face tonight you got a problem like a leaky defense last line of cover, gotta have some common sense instinct and precision Henry's been name. 11, and keeps the jambo King of the Keepers Game Henry Smith Henry Smith